Man up in my city on the roof, yeah David Duke when I'm way above the hoop, babe The Providence College Friars Top for the crossover The reverse Oh, baby The rush the Big East. The rest of the college hoops world. Setting the screen. Dunn twisting his way in. This is the Providence Crier Podcast. With your host, a PC grad standing in at four feet tall. He is the Providence Crier himself, Mike Surratt. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Providence Crier podcast. I'm your host, Mike Surratt, the Providence Crier. Follow me on Twitter, that's at Providence Crier. Uh, also read our blog, theprovidencecrier.com. Join with me, as he is always, uh, BOC. Follow him on Twitter, at BOC all day. Um, today is Monday, March 8th, and the Big East season has come to a close. Uh, the Friars wrap it up with a win against number 10, Villanova. Obviously, <clears throat> Villanova going into this one, um, and then they become even more shorthanded during the game. But, um, you know, Friars do get the win despite a poor second half. And start off then, I mean, you know, BOC wrote the, uh, the recap of the game, and he wasn't happy post-game. So, uh, BOC, the floor is yours. Thank you. Thank you. What's up, everybody? Um, yes, great win. I think if you were to tell me, you know, without knowing, watching the game, if you were to tell me Providence beat Villanova, uh, 10, ranked 10 in the nation, I'd, I'd be overjoyed. And I, and I definitely am. Um, but I think if you were watching the game, it's the consistent trend of we, we build up a, a lead, which is fantastic. And then we've done this multiple times throughout the year where we just blow these huge leads. We did it uh, the game prior against St. John's. Uh, we did it against Georgetown. Um, we just can't maintain leads. And it's uh, it, that it, it was frustrating, I think, is is the best way I would put it. I was happy with the win, but it's a frustrating win because, as you mentioned, they're shorthanded. They didn't have a Gillespie going in, and they lost uh, Justin Moore for, I guess, the entirety of the second half. That's when you're When you have a lead of that size – double digits plus like 16 or 17, you need to just step on the throat and end the game because they don't have a lot of options. And I know Villanova has, you know, turns out players and they have a great system and culture in place, but they were undermanned. That's they province just continues to let teams claw their way back in. So it's a bit long winded, but yes, very happy with the win, but not happy. I think it makes sense to say you're not happy with how we got there. Sure. And I mean, uh, you know, I kind of see myself as a glass half full guy. Uh, clearly, they played poorly in, in the second half. There, there's no two ways to put it. They score a friggin' 16 points the entire half. 
Um, I believe they, they shot in the teens uh, from the floor. And that's after shooting like 61%, I believe it was, in the first half to give them a 17-point uh, lead. Um, <clears throat> so, I mean, obviously, a little disappointing the way they, they played that second half, no doubt. Uh, to me, though, kind of like you said earlier, you know, they, you know, they've lost this game to St. John's by 11 points. They've lost this game to Xavier at the buzzer. And then today they just found a way to win it, or yesterday rather. Uh, we're recording on Sunday here, but you know they they found a way. And when Villanova took the lead with two minutes left, like I think we all thought it was over. Uh, we thought they'd fold, and that would be it. But um, you know, credit them that they didn't. And um, you know, I, I just thought, you know, what we've seen from them. Uh, throughout the course of the season, the way this game was going, they should have lost, despite Villanova having uh, missing all those guys, and they almost did lose. I mean, uh, they make a Nova makes a great full court pass to uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl uh, that Nate Watson tries to steal. He misses, leads to JRE being wide open for three. He bricks it, and then uh, I forget who it was, um, Samuel or Slater or someone. Tipped it in at the buzzer, but it was far too late. Um, you know, as he was tipping, I was like, oh, game over. So but, I, uh, I, I, that pass, the, like the Hail Mary pass, you see Watson whiff and miss it. And, you know, you have flashbacks to who buried, uh, who buried us? Was it Xavier? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And you see him have a wide open look. You're like, oh, oh, God, not again. Uh, thankfully, he missed it. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with everything you're saying. It, 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 they're ranked 10 for a reason, even if they were a little bit uh, shorthanded. They, they're a great team. Um, so yeah, you're absolutely right. It's a good way to look at it. Um, it's a good win against a nationally ranked team, and it's good to have some momentum going into the Beast tournament. Um, you, you just get concerned with like when a team makes these in-game adjustments, the opposing team makes these in-game adjustments, it seems like we're always – too slow to react um, and we're not making adjustments itself or a team will throw a punch and we don't throw a counter punch. A lot of times we kind of turtle a bit and we get scared of the moment, or at least that's how I perceive it. And I think a lot of fans probably feel similarly. There's no counter punch back from us. And we need to find that because in the biggest tournament, it's, you know, it, it's going to happen. It's inevitably going to happen, whether it's against DePaul, it's against UConn, there, there's going to be a heavy punch thrown and we need to be able to show that we can withstand that and throw one back because we haven't done that yet to this point in the season. Yeah. I mean, that's totally fair. And I mean, I, I do think like, man, we'll, we'll preview the bees tournament a little later here, but you look at Nova. Oh boy. Like uh, <laughs> it's tough. I mean, you Dude, lose yeah. a guy in Colin Gillespie uh, to a torn MCL um, probably would have made, an all-American team, uh, whether it be first, second, or third. Um, obviously, he, he's the steady hand, uh, the steady guy at point guard that runs the show for them. He's vital, vital to them, absolutely. And, um, you know, Nova thought they, they would just move uh, more from the off-guard position to the one. Um, and, you know, PC came out. You know, you get on them for the adjustments, but – I do like the game plan that they had for this one. They went with a different starting lineup that we had. I don't think we've seen the starting lineup all year. 
Uh, no, no, it was, a, it was a new one. I was shocked when I saw it. Yeah, they, they went Duke, Reeves, Gant, Horkler, and Watson. Um, you know, I think they probably thought with Nova lacking, you know, the, the depth at guard, they could afford to kind of just go bigger. Um, and it definitely worked out in the first half. Obviously, they, they built that 17-point lead. Um, you know, I thought Horkler gave you great minutes throughout. He goes for 10 and 13, the double-double. Um, you know, Reeves, Reeves wasn't good, but I tweeted this and, um, you know, we were texting about it in the group. He was excellent defensively. Um, he only had two points, three rebounds, two assists, but uh, it was one of six from the floor. But I thought A.J. Reeves was one of the big reasons why PC wins this game. Um, he had a couple nice defensive possessions, seemed to be all over the court. He forced that shot clock uh, violation where he blocked the three-pointer. Um, he brought the energy. Uh, yeah. I think yeah, they can't a, get overlooked. It's a, that's a great point. He, you know, he didn't fill up the stat sheet um, by any means, but he, there's a little bit of the intangibles and the energy that you had mentioned, which our team needs more of, I think. Some people will say they like like the business-like approach where with, with Duke where, you know, win or loss, he kind of has the same emotional stance. But you need some folks like Reeves who bring the energy and enthusiasm. Yeah, for sure. And then, you know, looking at Nova, like, yeah, as I was saying, no Gillespie and then you lose more. I mean, this team wasn't that deep to begin with. Um, that was probably one of their weaknesses, I would say, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. for a Villanova team that usually is pretty deep. Um, to lose Gillespie and then, then who knows how long Moore's going to be out. I, you know, he's seen the roll his ankle pretty bad. Uh, yeah. So I, I, who knows what his status is for the biggest tournament. But yeah, I mean, the whole conference has really been flipped on its head, uh, if you think about it. But yeah, I mean, w- w- with Nova, I mean, I was afraid Archie Diacono would come in and like kill us. Little Archie Diacono, Chris, uh, Chris I believe his name is. Um, he was pretty terrible. <laughs> 25 minutes, 0 of 3 from the floor. Uh, he did chip in four rebounds to assist, but I mean, I, I think Cooley was very happy to see that uh, that Arch didn't just come and kill us somehow. But um, but yeah, I, I think Nova's in trouble. Yeah, they're uh, and we'll talk about the Big East tournament in a, in a bit, but they might they might be like the weakest one seed of any conference tournament right now. They're just they're hurting, and you have to wonder with. Uh, Jay Wright, if he rests more for the Big East tournament, just to get him healthy for the NCAA tournament, because they've won the Big East. They've won the Big East uh, regular season. There's no fans at MSG. They're already, the, lock, they're already locked into the tournament. So what's the what's the point besides saying you won the Big East tournament, which I guess is cool, but they've done it before. So if I were him, I would seriously think about resting more ahead of the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I mean, that's certainly probably not, you know – that's probably a good idea, but the, the one thing that Nova ha- has to be concerned about, though, losing the province, um, you know, they end up crushing Creighton uh, in the game that they lost Gillespie. But uh, seeding-wise, I mean, they're going to take a hit in the polls again, I, I would imagine, when they're released, uh, when we release this pod uh, on Monday. And, I mean, if they get, like, a, a four seed, they, they could get bounced first round then. Yeah, and dude, that's you're... pretty unfortunate for the conference. Uh, but I mean, uh, at least you got like UConn playing well. Uh, but uh, yeah, I know you're happy about that. I'm not happy about that. Quit it. 
But, uh, but yeah, I mean, listen, Providence wraps up a season. I feel like that was, you know, such a like fitting way to end the season because they were so up and down all year. And uh, to go out and, and beat Nova and to, to do it where they have this massive lead and, and choke it away, but yet still hang on. Uh, I, I think it was just a fitting way. Uh, this team is so weird. They beat Nova, they beat Creighton, they beat Seton Hall, they beat UConn. Yet here they are at 13 and 12, needing to win the Big East to, to make the tournament, basically. I, you and I will, I think I, I slightly disagree. I think if they rattle off wins against DePaul, um, UConn, and potentially Creighton, I think they're in even if they don't win the Big East tournament, but who, who knows? Yeah, I mean, it's just tough. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's a lot, a lot of teams on the bubble this year, and I don't know. It'll be tricky. It'll, it really depends on how the committee sees the league. Um, yeah. You know, if, if the committee takes into account that it's a really tough league, top to bottom, um, you know, that may change things. But I mean, unfortunately. The way it went, you know, seeing all underperformed, Providence underperformed. Uh, so, you know, I, I personally think they need to win it all. Uh, I thought if you won the St. John's game, I, I agree with you. If, yeah. they, if they beat St. John's and then you make the final and lose the final, that's one thing. Um, but, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I think it's I, – I wouldn't want to make the final, lose it, and then sweat out selections on that. Yeah, let's just t- let's just take the suspense out of it and just win the whole damn thing. I know, I agree. But uh, but yeah, do, do you have any other final thoughts for? I do, I do. One thing I, I one thing I wanted to talk about is Bynum. Bynum had a really rough go of things yesterday. Um, he went one of eight, over three from three. He only had two points in twenty nine minutes. And like I know, I know we want him to be that facilitator type point guard who's setting up the offense for everybody else. You look at the first game when he wasn't available against Villanova, the one that we lost by 15 breed Alan breed was, I would say the best player on the court for both teams. He, he, in the first game breed put up 18 points, 11 boards, four assists yesterday. He only gets six minutes of burn. And this is what I was like. Breed has shown himself consistently at, at, at the conference level, he could play in the big East. So like, this is what I was afraid of as Bynum got healthier as Cooley relegates breed to the bench. And Bynum just didn't have it yesterday. You, you, you can't give a guy 29 minutes when you have an option like breed out there. Cause at least he can potentially spark something. Um, I, breed shouldn't be going back to five to 10 minutes a game. I think he has proven himself and I think he needs to get more burn 15, 20 minutes a game at, at minimum, honestly. Yeah, I mean, you look at his, ga- uh, his game logs. Um, you know, Bynum returns against DePaul on, on February 13th. Uh, he, you know, Bree plays 34 minutes in that one. He has nine points. And then following it up on the UConn game, 29 minutes, he has 14 points, 5 of 11 from the field. Um and since then, the playing time's disappeared. Uh, Xavier game, 15 minutes, 0 of 2 from the floor, a three assists, zero points. Um, you know, the game against St. John's, 10 minutes, 
oh, a four from the floor, uh, zero points. Uh, and then yesterday, uh, six, six minutes of one from the floor. You know, I, I think it's – we talked about this when, when Bree was having his stretch that he had and uh, what, what it would be like with Bynum coming back. And, I mean, I guess I agree with you in the sense because we kind of thought about it as, you know, now you have two guards that you can play good minutes. Um, and they haven't done that. But, I mean, fortunately with Ed, with freshmen, if, if they make mistakes, they take a bad shot, they get a quick leash. Um, and Breed hasn't scored. I mean, granted, he hasn't gotten the time that he probably should, but he hasn't scored in the last three games too. So, um, yeah. For, for all we know, like we're not inside the program. He may be hitting a freshman wall. Um, yeah. He looked significantly disinterested in the, the St. John's game. Like he dribbled that ball off of his uh, knee or something and then got subbed out. And he just looked like he was. Oh, totally yeah. He, he like walked to the bench like before he even got subbed out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cool. He's like, no, no, no. You're Alan. You're, you're still in. Uh, oh, okay. Never mind. I'm back on the bench. Um, so I don't know. Maybe he's hitting a wall and maybe. Bynum being back is uh, not a good thing for his, him and his confidence. Um, but he needs to find that confidence again because you never know. We might have to turn to him if Bynum gets in foul trouble or something in the Big East tournament. Um, so that, was, sure. my, that uh, was my last takeaway on uh, the Nova game. Um, I, I think the frustrating thing about Bynum was he only gets one assist in that Nova game. And especially yeah. when – you need baskets in the second half and the offense was very, you know, it just wasn't executing well at all. Uh, they found themselves deep, deep in the shot clock. They were forcing shots and that's where you want Bynum to be that steady guy at point guard and um, create some offense for them. Um, and oddly enough, it's Bynum who has the last shot of the game for the Friars. That is, um, you know, they have him go off the screen. He does a little fade away. I thought he got hacked. Cooley was looking for the hack too, but of course we don't get the calls. Nova gets all, all the phantom calls down 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 the stretch there. Two Dude, of them they, were horrendous. Oh my they, god! They got so many calls down the stretch there. It seems like no matter what they did, if they drove to the lane, they were getting a, a call for them. It was listen. We we choked away a lead for sure, but we also it's I, I hate being this guy that blames the refs because it's like such a loser's approach in my opinion. But like there were like three or four calls at the end of the game there with the game on the line and they get the benefit of the doubt. Nova gets the benefit of the doubt every single time. It's incredibly Ridiculous. frustrating. The, the one where I think it was Slater or Samuels drove and Gant was on him and Gant like jumped away from him and Horkler came in and just hit the ball out of his hands and they called yeah. a foul. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. Um, yeah. It brought, brought flashbacks to the, the Bentle phantom call on Gillespie oh. or Brunson. Uh, and, on arch. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Just brought back all those mirrors. It was good though to see Nova miss those free throws and uh PC get the win. But yeah, yeah I mean it'll be interesting. I, I think this team's definitely a sleeper in the biggest tournament for sure. And um, you know, we'll, we'll take a quick break here and then we'll take a deep dive into the biggest tournament. Um yeah, wait, want you to get a quick word here from our sponsor, Anchor. All right, welcome back to the Province Crier Podcast. So, yeah, that's it. The Big East is done. The field is set for uh, this upcoming week's Big East Tournament. 
Going to get underway on Wednesday night. Your Friars will be in action on Wednesday night. Um, you know, w- with the Xavier Marquette game last night after PC won, uh, Xavier, Mar- uh, Xavier was visiting Marquette at 9 p.m. on FS1 on Saturday. Um, basically, if Xavier won, we were going to be the the six seed, or the seventh seed rather, and we would face Butler. Or if um, Marquette won, we'd be the sixth seed and uh, draw to Paul in the opening round. So Marquette beat Xavier. Um, so we will be playing to Paul, the eleventh seed. Uh, DePaul, 9 p.m. FS1, uh, be a, a triple header uh, of first round action on Wednesday. So let's just go through the bracket, I guess. Um, you know, the, the nine, the 9-8 game on the top side of the bracket, you got Marquette and Georgetown. Uh, the winner will face Nova at noon on Thursday in the quarters. Um, also in the quarters on Thursday, the 5-4 matchup, St. John Seen Hall. I think that's a pretty interesting, uh, intriguing game. They actually just played over the weekend, and St. John's, you know, took care of business. Uh, well, did you see? Did you see Seen Hall had jumped out to an 18-0 lead? No. <laughs> yeah, dude. They, they, they. I mean, we talk about Providence blowing leads. They literally were up 18 and lost the game. That's wild. Uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> St. John's a fun team, man. Uh, you can never count them out because their their offense is so potent, um, you know, and they've shown that lately against PC and St. Hall. But, uh, but yeah, then, then you go down to our side of the bracket. Uh, the 10-7 will be played at 6 p.m. By the way, Marquette, Georgetown, 3 p.m. Uh, FS1. Um, our side of the bracket, you got Butler and Xavier. Butler is the 10, Xavier the 7. That's at 6 p.m. FS1. Like I said, DePaul, Providence, 9 p.m. Uh, and then you move over to Thursday's quarters. The winner of Butler, Xavier, will take on Creighton at 6 p.m. FS1. And then the winner of the Providence game will take on UConn uh, mm-hmm. at 9 p.m. Um, and then you get your semifinals Friday, a 6-9 and nine, uh, doubleheader on FS1. And then finally, the title game, Saturday, uh, 6.30 p.m. on Fox. So, um yeah, so I, I guess we'll get right into, you know, what our thoughts are on Providence drawing the ball as opposed to the Butler. Would you have had a different preference? Um, I don't really, I, I don't really have too much of a preference there. I probably, if yeah, if if I had to choose, I'd probably say Butler just because um, Aaron Thompson's out for the year, I believe. Um, yeah. So I guess I'd rather play Butler and. Um, DePaul, you know, DePaul does have some, some talent on their team. Like Charlie Moore was preseason first team all beast, whether you think that was fair or not. I mean, he didn't make any of the all biggest teams that just came out, but they do have talent and they've played us tight. Um, so it won't be an easy one. I probably would have preferred Butler, but I'm, I'm not too emotionally attached to either option. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, I think the one thing that that sticks out in my mind is like beating a team three times is always tough, even if it is DePaul. Um, you know, DePaul's like you said that they have talented players. Um, you know, Charlie Moore, Freeman Liberty. I know he's been out, but he's a good piece. Um, and then you know, Romeo Williams. They got some good big men too. Um, they just can't win games. <laughs> I don't know what it is there. Right? 
I think Dave Leto might finally get, get the axe, but uh, yeah, we'll see. But um, yeah, I mean, um, I I like that we we got the nine p.m. game. You know, uh, get the second game or the second of three or the third of three games uh, in the first round on Wednesday. With UConn, I'm just all confused with the bracket now because it used to just be a double header for the opening round. But um, but yeah, I kind of like the late game. Um, you know, ease your way into the day, watching the other two games stress free. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I the thing about this tournament is with everything that's transpired in the week, I like I like their path. I don't like playing UConn the second game, but, you know, we've split against them. But with Nova's situation, with no Gillespie, with Creighton, with the distraction, uh, with Coach McDermott getting suspended, um, I think it's anyone's to win. I mean, obviously probably not DePaul or probably not, uh, you know, Georgetown or something like that. But Seton Hall, St. John's, Providence, they all got to be seeing this as a huge opportunity. Um, even Xavier, uh, yeah, to make a run at this thing. I I will say when you were when looking at the top three seeds, you look at Villanova, Creighton, and UConn. In order of like preference of teams, I'd want to play in the second round. It would be Villanova, then Creighton, and UConn is the last team I want to play. I think UConn right now is the favorite, um, given given everything that's transpiring with Villanova and Creighton. I also, um, I also think they're the hottest team right now. I, I don't want to play them. I think momentum is a huge factor. They're playing incredibly well with book, book night now. Um, so I was, I, I'm not happy to be playing UConn. They, they are honestly are the last team I wanted to face. And it pains me to say that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's wide open. Like you could see pretty much anybody winning, winning the biggest tournament, which I think is really exciting and appealing for, fans uh especially Friar fans yeah i mean listen they, they this team has been frustrating all year but they can redeem that all back w- w- with a biggest tournament title uh for sure um i mean i agree with you you don't want to play uconn but i feel like you'd have to face them at some point in the tournament uh whether it be round two semis or the final so um because like you said they're hot. So I, I feel like you're going to have to face them at some point. So you might as well just get it out of the way. Um, you know, the fact that we split with them, obviously we won the game without book night and then they looked pretty strong against us in the game with book night. Um, but I don't know. I, I just feel like province getting another shot at that. Obviously PC will have more to play for than UConn. I'm sure UConn has their motivation. They definitely want to, win the biggest tournament first year back uh, and put their stamp on it. But I mean, listen, we have two guys that, that were top performers in the Big East this year. I think we're a dangerous team after the Villanova game. Um, uh, geez, Steve Lavin on the post game was like, listen, obviously Providence hasn't had the year they've wanted, but, and, you know, the, the game against Villanova, while they had – they really struggled to get the win, they got the win. And maybe it's something they can build upon. And he brought up – listen, like, they were the team picked third uh, preseason in the Bees. So, he sees them as a dark horse, and I agree. 
Um, they just got to figure it out. Yeah. I, I mean, I think you're spot on. Like we, I would say, you know, um, maybe when Gillespie was healthy, Gillespie and Jerry were the best duo in the Big East. I don't think there's a better duo right now in the Big East than Duke and Watson. We have, we have the ability to turn it on and potentially make a run. We have a veteran guard in Duke. We have a really great offensive big man in Watson. We have a third piece emerging in Horchler. Everybody's starting to find the role. Everybody's healthy besides Nichols. Um, so we have a lot of things that can work in our favor that – the only consistent thing that we, we've been all year is how inconsistent we are. Yeah. So it's so tough to like, look at, look at our team and say, yes, I do think we can win four games in a row. Not because of the talent, the talent's there. It's because we haven't shown that we could string together four consistent four performances, which is what we're going to have to do. So that's why, yes, we can do it. Certainly. I'm, I'm not that confident that we're going to though. Yeah. I mean, um, gonna quickly pull up the schedule here like how many have we won more than three games in a row this year i I feel like no i don't i don't know that's i don't think so that's depressing to say okay so they've won yeah so they've won three games in a row uh in the beginning of the year um fdu at tcu and then at hall um and hey maybe they need that uh you know being in a different building uh, like MSG to, to, to get on a roll here. But yeah, I mean, I, I think obviously consistency hasn't been there. So it is, you know, you bring up a good point. Like how can you just say that Providence can string together uh, four games here and win the big East. But um, I don't know. I just feel like, I just feel like the, the conference is really, turned on its head right now and uh you know i I don't like villanova winning the beast tournament and to be honest with you i mean Crane had a nice win against butler but uh, that's gonna be tough like is mcdermott even gonna coach in that i I don't think so he's suspended indefinitely um marcus zagorowski actually post game uh shared his comments on the whole situation and he backed mcdermott which I'm not surprised by, uh, to be honest with you. I, I think he does have a good reputation overall, and the guy made a mistake, I think. But um, but still, that, that cloud hanging over them, I don't think they're going to win the biggest tournament either. So um, so who's so if who can you give me your um, your championship matchup as well as who you think is going to win the biggest tournament? All right. I'll give mine. Well, I'll let you think about it. I'll give mine. I think it's, I think it's going to be UConn versus St. John's. And I think UConn wins. Wow, you got the Johnnies in the final, huh? Yeah. I guess um, they, I mean they only got to do win two games to do it. Uh, be a seen all team they just beat, and then um, you know play Nova, who they beat earlier in the year with Gillespie. So uh, that's an interesting pick. Um, I'm going to go Nova Providence and Providence wins. Nova Providence, Providence wins. You, you are a glass half full type of guy today. Wow. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I just feel like, uh, I think Nova's going to, I feel like they easily could not take this tournament seriously and just be like, all right, let's just get to the NCAA tournament. 
but that seed thing just sticking out in my mind. I feel like if they lose their opening game in the Bees tournament, they're going to get a rough seed. They're going to have to play a good team first round. I think Jay Wright knows that. Um, mm. And I feel like Villanova will, will rally. You got some time now uh, before Thursday. Who knows what, what more? He was in a walking boot. That can't be good. But uh, who knows? Like with a, with a turned ankle, who knows when when he's going to be back. So he could be back on Thursday. Um, but uh, I, don't know, I just feel like Nova will find a way to figure it out and just end up in the tournament, uh, in the tournament final. Um, for Providence, you know, I think they beat Butler. Um, you mean they, the, yeah, or, DePaul, right? DePaul, yep. Sorry. Hey, I just, we always seem to play Butler in the first round. Yeah, round. I, I, smash them, I, right? I, I think that, that was, <laughs> that's my hope is that we just smashed DePaul, uh, in the opener. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think the Providence UConn game, I don't know. I, I just have a weird feeling that that Duke uh, is he's gonna, he has a lot to play for in that game. I think you know uh, he was obviously he had a great year, but obviously he slowed down a bit down the stretch. Um, we're, we're actually going to wrap up with with the biggest awards and t- talk about those. Um, Duke doesn't make for uh, first team; he makes second team with Nate Watson. Um, we'll get into that for a moment, but I do think the reason I bring it up is because I think that puts a chip on his shoulder. Uh, and in this game against a good guard, like book, uh, book night, book night got all the shine uh, in the last, in the last meeting, deservedly. So um, he had 18 points off the bench um, in his return back. So I think Duke remembers that. And I think he's going to want to put on a performance and I see us getting by DePaul or UConn. And then, you know, who could it be like in the semis Creighton or Xavier? I feel like we match up well against both those teams. We, I agree. We, you know, Creighton, we always match up well against because we're tough perimeter team and they're a team that relies on finesse and three pointers. Uh, Xavier, I feel like Xavier without Johnson is not as good. Um, Nate Johnson, who's out for the year, the guy that, you know, you have nightmares about. Oh God. Yeah. Um, So with him out, I mean, I feel like that's, I think PC matches up well against those two teams. And then you get to the final, you know, Villanova will pull their Villanova stunts, but I I think we'll squeak one out again. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I love the optimism. I think, like, if if Providence were to make a run to the championship, the hardest game, my in my opinion, is going to be the UConn. I agree, hundred percent. Like that 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 game, I can't. If we get there, because you don't want to assume we beat DePaul, right. you, you can't. <laughs> um, that game's going to be a freaking battle. That's going to be such a good matchup. If you're like just a Northeast New England basketball fan, like that's that's must see television. Yeah, for sure. That's going to be awesome. Uh, so hopefully the Friars can take care of business. So let's just uh, wrap up here with the, uh, with the awards. Um, so like, like I mentioned, um, no Friars in your first team. Um, the first team goes to James Booknight, Julian Champ- uh, Champagny, Colin Gillespie, 
uh, Sandro Mamukashvili, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, and Marcus Zagorowski. Um, I believe. Uh, and then the second team, you got Duke, Fremantle, Damian Jefferson, Paul Scruggs, and Nate Watson. Um, I'm just going to say, after just looking at this, I love that that second team. Imagine that yeah. second team as a real team. <laughs> yeah, I know. That'd be awesome. You got Fremantle on defense, Watson scoring at the, in the in the paint at will. Uh, you get you get Duke, Scruggs, and Jefferson uh, at the guard spots. That, that's such a that that's a nice such team. a that'd be such a tough team. That like, really and I mean, be. I mean, tough in the most literal sense. Right. Exactly. <laughs> the one so so. I was thinking about it and a lot of these, a lot of these are the all big East awards or just awards in general are very much like a popularity contest um, exemplified by book night getting first team. Like he didn't really play in the big East, honestly. Um, when he did play, he was fantastic. Like nobody, nobody's going to say otherwise, but he didn't really play all that often in the big East. So for him to be first team over Duke is a little suspect and it just shows like, UConn's a media darling because they're back in the Big East, um, and Book Knight's the face of the program. So, I, I would, think Duke's gonna be pissed about the second team now. Yeah, hey man, I I, I said in our uh, in that group chat maybe they use it as maybe Duke uses it as fuel because if you just look at the numbers, Duke Duke surpasses Book Knight pretty much everywhere. Like if if you're just forget about Duke, forget about his his name and what school he plays for. If you saw that he was Top five. If you saw a player was top five in points, top five in assists, and top fifteen in rebounds in the conference, you'd say that guy is a lock first yes. team. Numbers don't lie, man. Um, granted, our our record's not great, and I think that played a very big role. Um, but he he showed out this year. Um, even inconsistencies aside, he he puts up numbers. So hopefully, he uses that second team, uh, the first team snub as as uh as fuel against uh book night if they were if they are to play them yeah i mean and, and i'm not too surprised watson got second team only because of as you mentioned you know more of an offensive minded guy doesn't rebound a ton um and then obviously you look at their forwards that they have in there robinson earl is a two-way big man um and i mean and to be fair to Nate, he has improved on defense. So let's not, you know, knock the guy too hard. But, I mean, obviously, you're smirking right now. But, like, oh, I think he's made improvements on defense. But clearly he's not a two-way forward like Amamu, like A. Robinson Earl. Um, so I'm pretty cool with him getting second team. Honorable mentions went to Javon Blair, Georgetown, Denzel Mahoney of Creighton, and Jermaine Samuels. Um you look at the all freshman team, PC doesn't get a guy on this team. Not surprising considering Breed's the only freshman to see minutes this year. Uh, and, you know, he had his brief stint of being really good, but definitely not a consistent uh, enough performer to earn freshman knots. But that went to Posh Alexander, Shaq Harris, Colby Jones, and Adama Sunogo. So. Hello. I love, oh, I love, I love that kid Harris from Butler. Yeah, he's good, dude. Butler's gonna be good, dude. They're gonna. So I, I mean, we we spend three hours talking about next year, but like, 
Butler's a team that's going to be really good next year, especially if Thompson returns. I'm really high on Marquette too. Um, I think you don't really feel the same way about Marquette, but uh, yeah. They might fire Woj, man. Actually, I know. Well, they, although he, the UNC game might have saved the show. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. He, uh, he's bringing in a stud recruiting class and he has a lot of young talent there. Um, so we'll see. I'll ask you this. Who do you think takes home uh, player of the year? Um, it's a good qu- it's freshman a good year and defensive player of the year. Um, so. And give me Biggie's coach of the year, too. It'll make you Big, work. All right. Biggie's player of the year. Uh, I think it's going to go to Champagny. Um, yeah. And then what, what, what coach of the year? Coach of the year might honestly be. Mike Anderson too. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, I, I totally agree with that. What would what, you say, uh, defensive defensive player of the year? Yeah. I don't who I don't know. I, I can't think of anybody that jumped. Uh, oh, uh, Posh Alexander. Yeah. Uh, so. Okay, so then who are you going freshman then of the year? Posh Alexander too. Yeah, dude. I, did I just pick all St. John's? I guess I, I guess <laughs> I did. Um. Uh. Yeah. I mean, dude. There. Maybe for player of the year, you can pick like uh, Gillespie or Mamu. That's who I'm going with. I'm going with Gillespie. I, I think the like the most valuable component of it is important. Um, and, you know, I, I agree with you. Had Book Knight played more, maybe I'd give it to him. Mm-hmm. But I think Gillespie with the injury, you know, I mean, like I said, he's probably an all-American pick. So, like – I think he takes home big, biggest player of the year. Um, I, I can see that. Freshman of the year, I'm. I, I don't know. It's tough. Like, I think Posh could certainly win it, but Dawson Garcia certainly makes a good case. I think he's had yeah, I, against UNC. I whipped um, on. Yeah, Garcia will probably win it. Um, no, I mean, I dude, I, I heard that Posh Alexander could be could win freshman and defensive player of the year. And it would actually be the first time – how about this for some trivia? First time that has happened in the Big East since Allen Iverson. That's wild. Good company yeah. to be in. Seriously. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't think that's a bad pick at all. I think I'll just go with Garcia since you went with Posh. But I think they're both deserving for sure. Um, and uh, – and, uh, Coach of the year. I mean, I coach, have to pick coach, coach of the year, you're going to pick McDermott? No, I'm not just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't think that's happening. Um, no, I mean, you know me. I've I've been on the Mike Anderson bandwagon for a long time now. Uh, so, yeah, I, I will agree with you. I will pick Mike Anderson as well. Uh, for St. John's to finish fourth in the conference when they were projected to be pretty low, I believe. I believe they were 10, 11, or 9th? Uh, potentially, yeah. They – I, I just don't think anybody saw – I remember reading, like, Rothstein had a tweet, like, leading up to the season saying, like – because Pasha Alexander, I think, was only a three-star recruit. Like, he wasn't highly regarded. And Rothstein had said something like, Anderson found his guy. And, like, Rothstein's known as for, like, a little bit of hyperbole. And so I was like, okay, it's just him hyping up uh, him hyping up a program and a player. But he was right. Like, he was saying, like, they found their point guard of the future. So – Great find by Anderson to get him. Um, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I guess that wraps up the show for today. Um, I kind of just thought of this BOC, 
but with and i'll take blame for the lack of episodes it's on me my new job has been killing me uh but um but how about this how about we do you know after every biggies tournament game they play a quick little like 15 minute 20 minute episode reaction what are your yeah, thoughts man. on that I'm in. You know, I you know I want to do as much content as possible. So, we'll, so we'll, uh, I'm definitely in. Yeah, it's a good idea. Yeah, and then I I think um, we'll definitely do another show um, for the NCAA tournament, whether the Friars make it or not. Um, I, I'm you know I, I'm so excited. You know, obviously PC needs to go on a run if they want to join everybody, but I I think PC or no PC in the tournament this year. I, I'm just glad that March Madness is back uh, for sure. For after sure. missing it last year, after what the team did last year uh, and having that robbed from them, um, it would stink to have us not in the tournament, but make or miss. I'm just, I'm just happy it's back, man. Definitely. Life is slowly but surely returning back to normal. So I, I, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't agree more. All right. Well, that's all we got. Uh, again, read the blog. Uh, we'll have preview articles, recap articles, all that sort of stuff. Um, and, and I'm and I'm campaigning to get um, a New Jersey point guard offered in the 2022 class, Ben Roy. I'm, I'm yes, doing what I, I, I'm doing. I'm doing what I can for the Friar faithful. I know. Like, I, <laughs> it's pretty funny. It was going on in the Twitter chat group, and then you were texting me about it, and like, if you got if this kid ends up coming to PC, like we're I have, like the, I have, I have to get like the Wall Street bets of of like college basketball recruiting. Like if you can get fan fanboys to recruit it, like make it happen to get a recruit, why not? Well, you did see somebody, somebody I forget who one of the one of the uh, prior uh, Twitter Twitter uh, handles tweeted something about him and he liked it. It was something along the lines of offer offer uh, Ben Roy. A, a scholarship and uh uh he he actually liked it himself so i don't know maybe some of our assistants are listening uh it'd be like all jokes aside he what he's doing in high school is unbelievable he's like a really talented point guard who is the proverbial like great team player great great culture fit and he's familiar with providence um because uh he played aau ball with castro who signed with us in 2021 so I think if we do throw an offer out there and it's probably contingent on some decisions with like Epps, um, Jane Epps, then we'll, uh, I think we'll be in a good position if, if we were to throw out an offer. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, hopefully I won't get banned from Twitter. Uh, <laughs> again, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, the crier got a 12 hour ban from Twitter because I had some choice words for, uh, that video of Bayheim ripping that that poor reporter for being five two and never playing basketball. He doesn't deserve to have an opinion. I am so sick. Uh, I've said it before. I'm so sick of the old guard in college hoops. I, I'm just done with it. Coach K, Bayheim, these guys are jerks, man. <laughs> yeah, there, I mean, there's just there's really no reason. Like the person asking that is obviously like looks up to Bayheim and. Um, like there's just no reason to have that type of response. It, like one, the question was a good question about like substitutions and potentially playing other players. Like it was a legitimate question. It wasn't like a, tr- it wasn't a troll type question where it warranted that type of response. And it's just, just completely unwarranted. And it's like an attack on somebody for no reason. Like it's just, 
forget about like who Beheim is in his history. Like it's just a mean thing to do. <laughs> also, like, person, like person to person, you don't treat somebody that way. No, and like on top of that, yes, Beheim is a Hall of Famer, but at the same time, the guy's coached for freaking like fifty years, and he has one title to show for it. I'm gonna throw that out there. Yeah. Yet he thinks he's yet he thinks he's on the level of K and everyone else. I don't know. I, I just like yeah, like you said, no need for that at all. And then to to have like I just can't can't believe he had he had the stones to just sip his drink in that smug way when he did that. Uh, just but I'm freed from my band and I promise I will not get banned again, uh, especially during the NCAA tournament. But uh yeah, that's all we got. Uh peace out, Fire Tom. See you guys. Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah. David Duke when I'm way up on the hoop, babe. Cross over, I might throw the hell of you. Heard they sleeping on me, well, let's take them back to school. PC, you know we on go, ayy. Feel like AJ Reeves when I'm off that pick and roll, ayy. Fall down, bounce back like Emmy Hope, ayy. I'm the alpha dog, Diallo. They were sleeping on me, that's what made me a savage. And you see me bumping, so we gon' let them have it, yeah. They don't want no static, we at the top just like the attic. This year we taking over March Madness. Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah. David Duke, when I'm way above the hoop, babe. Cross over, I might throw